Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, Executive Editor of Recode. And I'm Lauren Good, Senior Technology Editor at The Verge. And you're listening to Too Embarrassed to Ask, coming to you from the Vox Media Podcast Network. This is a show where we answer all of your embarrassing questions about consumer tech. It could be anything at all, like whether we can outsource Kara's job to someone wearing an exoskeleton suit. Absolutely. 100%. I think it's quite possible and I'd like to get started. Did you see my latest Next Level video? I did. In the season finale, I wore I wore multiple exoskeletons. You didn't come for me, which was fascinating. You didn't even bother to try to take me down. Not yet. Not yet. Uh oh. <laughs> All right. So send us your questions. Find us on Twitter or tweet them to at Recoder myself or to Lauren, who does have a show called Next Level, which you should watch on YouTube and other places uh, with the hashtag Too Embarrassed. We also thank you for that plug. No problem. We also have an email address. It's Too Embarrassed at Recode.net because we love the net. Reminder: There are two R's. There are two R's and two S's in embarrassed. Yes. If you want to spell it correctly, otherwise you otherwise can spell it any way you want. Spell it any way you want. We're just not going to ask want. your questions on the show. Exactly. So a lot of our listeners are probably going to find themselves traveling over the next few days if they haven't been traveling yes. already because it's the holiday season. Not and, me. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, lucky you. I know. I travel back and forth to the East, East Coast a lot. I do too. So... I, I know that's true. You do. Yes. You're back and forth not in DC trying to talk some sense into the people down there. Right. Uh, but if you don't wait in ridiculously long airport lines, it's probably because you've gone through some type of advanced vetting process or a service like PreCheck, Global Entry, or Clear. Yes, indeed. Um, honestly, uh, we want to talk about what the difference between all of these. I actually have Clear, which I love, and I've had it since it started, actually. And I also have PreCheck. I am going to do Global Entry. So I avail myself to these services. Services uh, a lot over the many many years actually, and I think they're I do think they're fantastic. But we want to talk about what's the difference. Is one better than the other? Should you think twice about where your fingerprint or other biometric information is going every time they take a picture of my eyes? I think about that in order to get access to these fast lanes, and they certainly Wait, are fast lanes. Fast are we talking lanes. about net neutrality again? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> if Comcast can find a way to screw this up, they will. Um, anyway, oh, they're our owner. Sorry, too bad. Anyway, um, so it's. It's they're a, not our owners, are they? Yes, they, they're one of our owners. They're one of our investors. Invest, whatever. They own a lot of us. In any case, we don't care. Uh, we are for net neutrality. Um, is that right? We're for it? Is that right? We're you know, everyone it. should go back and listen to last week's episode we're with Jessica Rosenworcel yeah. from the FCC. Yeah. And so, she joined us and it was great. So we're not just talking about airports uh, and other places. There's all kinds of ways you can jump lanes, essentially. Um, so we're delighted to be joined in the studio by Karen Seidman Becker, the CEO of Clear. Um, it's now found in 24 airports and eight sports stadiums. Karen, welcome to Too Embarrassed to Ask. Thanks. Happy to be here. Thank nothing's you. Are, nothing's embarrassing. Nothing's All embarrassing. Are good questions. Oh, good. That's, That's good. good. That's I have I have a question for you that yeah. I'm not too embarrassed to ask. Okay. I was doing some research into your background, oh, Lord. And your career, <laughs> uh, in preparation for this podcast, and I stumbled upon a Forbes article. In literally the first sentence of this Forbes article, now you you are a CEO. And, and a chairwoman, and you, you've you got this, you know, this impressive career. And the first sentence of this Forbes article is, anybody who, anybody who has kids knows that raising them is a full-time job. And then, of course, I went to the byline, and yet there was a man who wrote it. And I thought, how have we started this article talking, asking the question about kids and balancing? Like, mm -hmm. really? I can't wait to read an article about a male CEO where the first sentence is, anyone who has kids, yes. you know... She was mad. She's, I'm not too embarrassed to ask what you thought about it. that. Um, 
So here's what I think about that. I wrote once a LinkedIn where I said, I don't believe in work-life balance. It's just about life. And I wrote that on a plane coming home from vacation with my three kids where like you hide in the bathroom with your cell phone to do work and you mm-hmm. go out and you smile and you play and then you run around the corner like you're going to get a drink and you answer some more emails and like it's life. Do and you pretend like that? I don't pretend like that. Because I just do it. <laughs> I in try. any case, good for you. You know, you're supposed to be present. I just no. came from this Deepak yeah, Chopra talk, yeah. you know. Okay. Um, and so, and my kids have been, um, they've made me more paranoid and more neurotic and were part of what fueled me to uh, lead the acquisition of Clear Out of Bankruptcy. So my view is you want to include them in the story, great. They're part of the inspiration and, you know, I'll take all parts of it. Um, so fair point that that's what he led with. But I'm super proud of like every aspect of my life. So lead with yeah. whatever part you want. Yeah, you know? that's not mm-hmm. to minimize the no, role no, no, of anybody's kids in yeah. their lives. Like, I wasn't. But you don't see that a lot with profiles yeah. of male CEOs. Yeah, that's a whole other show. But you're 100 percent right. Yeah. I agree. I've okay. had that happen to me a million times. Um, anyway, let's start on Clear. Now you talked about leading it out of. Give the background of Clear because it was I have I have had Clear for many years and then it went then my. I think it wasn't, I couldn't use it, and then I could use it again. It was great. I was thrilled when it came back. But explain the background of Clear. Sure. So uh, Clear was around, started really, it launched in 2005, so I have to assume it was really started in 2003 by Mm -hmm. Steve Brill, backed by GE and Lockheed. publisher, everything. And Lehman Brothers as a response to 9-11, right? Mm -hmm. The TSA was newly formed. It was like amalgamation, um, truly a startup. They put 60,000 employees together in like a few months. And so I think they were looking at public-private partnerships, and that was the launch of Clear, a smart card-based, biometric-based fast lane in the airport as another way to create known travelers. And, uh, and they had lovely people, and you went and got your eyes and your fingerprints. So this is way before the TSA. Correct, thing. and very early on in biometrics. Mm-hmm. And it also was levered, mm-hmm. uh, so it had about $30 million of debt. So that was interesting for a startup. And it had a big cost structure, and it was in eight, people in the 18 airports. But 80% of their members came from six airports. The economic downturn came. Uh, Steve Brill had some, you know, he exited the company in early 2008. Mm-hmm. And, you know, flights were down 20, seats were down 22%. Corporate spending on travel evaporated. Right. The debt was coming due and they shut down. So great idea, bad execution. And leverage. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And it went bankrupt it in went 2009? Bankrupt. It, sh- it went bankrupt, shut down in June 2009 because it could no longer take, you know, you'd yep. be taking capital to fund new growth um, that you could no longer afford. So it shut down in June 20- June 22nd and filed for bankruptcy end of 2009. And we bought it in uh, April 2010. Mm-hmm. And why? What was the thinking? Uh, Great idea. Two reasons. Three reasons. One, I come from asset management. I had invested in subscription-based businesses like cable, wireless, and satellite uh, homeland security, aerospace, and defense companies. I was a big believer in biometrics and actually invested in them both publicly and privately. Huge outside the U.S., not inside the U.S. Mm-hmm. And I'm a glutton for punishment, love a turnaround. I'm a contrarian by yeah. nature. Clear was the convergence of all that. And I didn't want to die and have people say she picked good stocks. I wanted to build something that made the world a better place. And Clear was that platform. So, and so what that's why attracted it. you to that as a thing? Because yeah. I have to say, I've never been happier to pay for something. Okay, so what, here's what attracted us. I'd be a, The company went bankrupt, took your money, didn't provide a service, didn't answer yes. the phone and tell you where your biometrics were. And I'd be sitting next to people at dinner who would whip out their car and be like, I love Clear. So that dislocation between Wall yeah, Street and Main Street. Yeah, people loved it. 
And it went out in the ugliest way. That says that there's an opportunity there, that people valued it. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to build a secure identity platform. I'd always invested in platforms, whether it be Apple or Priceline or healthcare companies. And what we saw was that airports were just the first part of it. And that that's the highest security point. Think mm -hmm. about it like Amazon with books. It's the hardest place to master. But if you can bring it there, you can bring it to so many different places. And security and the challenges around it are a global secular trend. And customers are expecting a frictionless experience, right? It is a right here, just in time, point and click using economy. technology mm -hmm. so that's why what happens it's like your favorite show getting canceled after the first season and yeah. you hear people and they're like I love that show and it becomes a cult classic but, I, but then you don't understand the machinations like behind the scenes like double trouble in the 80s what, still missing yeah, that one yeah I mean <laughs> but, but what was what, what was also going on and so in, two, in 2010 when you, when you came in and you acquired it what was going on in the market at that point because it was only two years after the collapse of all the yeah. banks so had the travel market changed enough that you felt confident about it at that point no what our due diligence said uh, and we used our own capital to buy the company. So we are owner operators. What our due diligence said was, number one, that this should be, that biometrics are actually incredibly economically efficient. And this should have been a successful business model if the cost structure was different. Right. Um, number two, that it was a platform could be used in a variety of other places. And number three, um, we bought it for pennies on the dollar, right? So, so happiness cheap. is a low bar, yeah. and it was low. What happened to the biometrics that they had? What, yeah. what, because I remember being, it was sort of like like Russian nukes being loose or something like that. Yeah. Because So the, they weren't, right? I yeah. think there was a lot of rumors yes. and noise. Uh, Lockheed Martin was the back end for the old company. Mm -hmm. So all the biometric data was secured at Lockheed Martin. And in fact, part of the process was that that was securely transferred over to Clear. But I think, again, there was a vacuum of information, like no one was yeah, picking was up the phone. Who was watching it at Lockheed Martin? Why was Lockheed Martin right. watching it? It's like, like, don't worry, the defense contractor yeah, has I know. <laughs> Lockheed Martin was one, Lockheed and GE were two of the initial investors That's in right. former Clear, so they were providing a lot of services. GE used to be really big in the security business. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And so they, they, they were protected, they were, allegedly. Was protected. Protected. And then it was then transferred to the new company. Did you have to go through any hoops to do that? Because I think one of the things that people have a problem with biometrics, and we'll talk a little bit about that, um, is the is that it's everywhere. Like, I just, when I gave it up, I remember thinking, oh, well, someday when they come get me, they'll find me easily. Like, I remember thinking that. Right. Like, so that's not the right way to think. I understand can, that. No, but, but I, I can understand. I adjust, <laughs> do you remember Barbed Wire, that movie with uh, Pamela Sue Anderson? No, you don't. It's a fantastic movie. Please rent it, because there's a lot of biometrics in it, if you like biometrics. But it wasn't supposed to be her starring it, but is a friend of mine wrote it, Eileen Chaikin, and uh, it was uh, it was about using eyes. You know what I mean? Right. Just like they did in in the in the in a bunch of movies, they've had that the idea of eye, especially eye. So every, look, security is the core of what we do, right? Mm -hmm. So the integrity of the data is integrity of our company, and we've started. Every day from day one, I come from a pub, you know investing in public companies like like we are a public company of doing everything in the highest security with the highest regulatory you know oversight. We're a qualified anti-terrorism technology, so it's been the core of everything we do. I think the biggest misnomer is it's not your fingerprints and your iris image; it is templates. It is you know not not your actual fingerprint is templates that are deconstructed into ones and zeros that are then reconstructed, encrypted at rest, encrypted in transmission. But I understand nobody wants to hear that, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. but that is the reality. Could they be decrypted? Um, again, there's the backward hash, there's proprietary technology systems. Um, so the answer is no. <laughs> I mean, you do everything. Look, we spent some time in Israel this summer mm -hmm. and, you know, the one guy said to me, you could spend $2 billion and it doesn't matter, mm -hmm. right? And the fact of the matter is that we do everything to secure the data every day in mm -hmm. every way possible and have constructed our systems accordingly. Well, it's the heart of your business, right? I mean, one 
one bad terrorist is going to ruin your business, essentially, so, like that you get through. So so talk about how it works. Why don't we talk about how it works now and how it's different from when the, that it did work? But sure. I, I mean, just from my experience, I go in, I show my iris or my thing. For some reason, my fingerprints don't work as well because I have like, I must be an international criminal of some sort. Um, and it, then it pops up my picture from ni- 2005, maybe earlier. It looks earlier. Um, Do you want to update it? No, happy? that's okay. I'm good. I'm good <laughs> with it. And then they asked me if I want to drink for some reason recently, if I want like really? food on the plane. Yeah. Do you, do, you, do you know you do that? I do. That yeah. hasn't been done for a few years. We no, were they did it. They just did it in San Francisco. They do it all the time. Like an alcoholic year. drink? No, like you want water or food or order. Th- yeah, oh. they order stuff, pre-order. We have done, so we're doing some touch-to-pay piloting. Yeah. yeah. Right. So anyway, so then I go through and then they take me to the front of the line, um, which is delightful, and everyone makes words at me. Like, what? Who are you? Who the hell do you think you are? I get yelled at all the time. Do you which tell I, them you're Kara Swisher? No, exactly. I said I'm very important. <laughs> I'm a celebrity. I'm on Silicon Valley. I'm Silicon Valley. <laughs> and so, uh, but I do get a lot of grumbly and I don't care. I'm like, fuck, I don't care. I pay for this and I gave my iris so I can do this. And so I go right through and then it's great. And they clear you through, like you, you get waved past the, the security people. And recently they've been making you reshow your license, which was interesting in DC that just happened. But other, it's a delight. It's a right. delightful experience. So right and your now, people are lovely. Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt. Right. So right now when someone goes to sign up, then they, they're giving over that information. Talk yeah, about so what talk about are, what they yeah, do now. What, what has sure. to happen. So, um, from an enrollment perspective, right, two points. We view biometrics as the bridge between strengthening security and delighting customers, right? So creating this frictionless experience and this customer-centric experience is really important. So you can enroll in less than three minutes. If no one's speaking to you and you're actually just flowing with the, you know, mm-hmm. UX, like it's three minutes. If someone's talking to you, it tends to be four or five. What we're doing is we're digitally authenticating your ID. ID document. That could be your driver's license, your military mm-hmm. card, your green card, right? This is definitively a real document because, mm-hmm. right, a fake ID, you could not be the person on the ID. It's a real document. You then take a personalized data quiz, right? You went through the old enrollment. I went physically down to a spot. That's right. Where I went. So this is this happens in person. You can do most of it online, but this is the piece that happens in person today. We digitally authenticate your driver's license. This is, or whatever ID, you are the person on that driver's license, right? We then take your fingerprints, your iris image, and your photo, building an impermeable link between your identity and your biometrics. We also take your credit card. At the end of the day, when you enroll, we essentially fuse you with your wallet, mm-hmm. right? Why are you walking around with your driver's license, your credit card, your Costco card, your health insurance card, your building access card? You are it. Mm-hmm. Access and entitlements are rooted in identity. Um, we also have your frequent flyer number. We have a partnership with Delta. And what we're then doing is using that for a variety of different touch points. So when you talk about Clear, you started at the security checkpoint. Mm-hmm. But if you're in DCA or Atlanta, we have biometric boarding and biometric lounge access. If you're in Minneapolis, we have biometric bag and we have biometric boarding pass where we also have the uh, the patent where we've built an API into the reservation system. The whole point is this seamless curb to gate experience that we're putting together. I don't know why I need to You should take nothing out of your bag or your wallet when you go through the airport because you are you and that's what you're trying to prove 10 times over at the ticketing gate, at the agent. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's what we're building. And I think what transformed the company and the experience from when we started and from when you started Mm -hmm. was going to the cloud. And so in 2014, when we went over to the cloud, um, that was we went to GovCloud, and that was transformative because you lost the card. You didn't need the card anymore. No, I, don't. I which still is have it. Huge. I like it. I like Interestingly, so many people have it. I like it. It's a pretty card. Um, it's like having a T-shirt from a startup. I have it in my wallet right now. I can show it to you before. Okay, that's so interesting, yeah. right? Um, and uh, and you could 
enroll and use it immediately. So it went from a three-month sales cycle, essentially, to an immediate right. impulse purchase. And that was really transformative. And then at the airport, I, have, well, I have some questions about at the, the airport. You have scan. to authenticate yourself, right? You have to go to a, a clear stand Correct. at the airport. Today, and that uh, obviously that's really important from a secure enrollment. Like it's not your kid on your identity on your cell phone at home attaching their fingerprints or iris to your identity. It is definitively you. And that that link That's the last part, right? is really important. We are looking at ways to do it in a mobile secure fashion, but today it is in person. Uh, are you getting a 3D face scan done? Is that part of the process? We have yes, we it have facial recognition. Okay. And is that but that's volumetric? Like you it's not just a f- someone's flat face that could be spoofed with a photo, but it's actually That it, is correct. Although I will tell you um, that so we just went through this testing, right? Fingerprints, five nines. Facial? Five nines, what do you mean? Five, like 99.999% from a matching and I accuracy see. perspective. Fingerprints are it. Facial for the highest security purposes is not ready for prime time in terms of five nines. You know, people yeah. talk about 98.9, 99.2. Right. And the fact of the matter is that for high security reasons in busy areas, depending on the lighting, depending on the things, yep, yep, yep. you still need multi-factor authentication for facial. So we are also not- Also Mission Impossible faces too. Also <laughs> Kara Swisher sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are not, so we today for the security checkpoint are using fingerprints and iris image. We are just rolling out this week um, in a pilot in the lounges facial where you don't need five nights. Yeah, right? If you've already if you gotten through the checkpoint, you're, you're you. Yeah. Like, so- Free right. cheese, whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I, you know, what we've done is taken all the biometrics and I think there's going to be more over time whether it be voice or gate or whatever the case may be, we're agnostic. But what you want to do is put different solutions together based on your use case. If it's bottled water at the corner, facial good enough. If it's to get on an airplane, if it's to come into the country, if it's something, you know, where fingerprints you, you need to be five nights, fingerprints. And you, you know. So, in the, so in, the, in the case of the Delta partnership you mentioned, and Delta also, I believe, uh, bought a 4% stake in Clear. Uh, so you're working with Delta. That's for boarding passes. Get rid of boarding passes. You have biometric boarding passes. That's the idea. Does the airline then also have all of that biometric data that I've given to Clear? Mm-mm. How does that work? No. So we have the data. We do not sell or share your data. That is rule one, right? Secure the data, protect the privacy. What your biometrics are in that case is a frequent flyer number. So all we're sending to Delta is your frequent flyer number, right, which is you, which is then doing a match with all the other things that we have, and they send back, you know, uh, a ticket. At the end of the day, a boarding pass on your phone or a piece of paper is a physical manifestation of a digital record in the back end. And it's all in secure flight, then in the reservation system of the airlines. But we're actually doing so much more with Delta. I mean, part of their core focus is customer experience and innovation. And it's right. great that we're so focused on it, but if no airline wanted to do it with us, it's like if a tree falls in the woods. And yeah. Delta's been, uh, and look, the company went bankrupt before and and ticked off a lot of people. And I think we had to prove that we were something very different um, and really customer-centric and partner-centric and security-centric and sustainability-centric. Um, and so Delta really focused on customer experience and innovation throughout the... So it was looking for ways to yeah, differentiate from, itself. From the time you leave your house to the time you get to where you're going. Yeah. When you look at what has changed over the past 50 years, airline travel is not one of them from an airport no. perspective. Worse, it's worse. And when you look at technology transforming so many different industries, 
It is the time. And and when you look at the security needs, you've got to evolve so, and technology is going to take you Talk there. about the difference between you and TSA Pre, because I have both. And yeah. I, I'm mm-hmm. going to get global entry, too, because I just have been traveling a lot abroad, and I found that irritating, too. But um, it, it, I have both, and they actually put me in the front of the TSA line, too, now, instead of which means no shoes, essentially, and lesser lesser right. scrutiny, essentially. Um, what is the difference? In how, what, did, what, did you consider that a competing product, essentially? Because now TSA lines are long, because a lot of people have them. So actually, a significant percentage of our members have T- are TSA pre-check eligible on any given flight. We don't mm-hmm. know whether they've enrolled or not because eligibility sometimes is there and sometimes isn't. Right. What we got excited about is that TSA was leaning into risk-based screening, that TSA was thinking about the future, about mm-hmm. it's not just about the items, but it's about the person and creating that known traveler program. So we really look at it as collaboration. We're here to support them in their critical mission. Again, tons of our customers are pre-check eligible. But again, we're really about being that identity platform from curb to gate, biometric bag drop, boarding pass, identity, lounge access, boarding, payment. Pre-check is a piece of that. It's your ability to keep your coat and shoes on. It's the ability for them to allocate their budget Right in a more sustainable way from a labor perspective, um, but it's been. A and really, what about global but entry? Is it more airports though? Isn't it? I, Absolutely, I believe it is. And also, so TSA pre costs eighty five dollars for five years, and global entry is one hundred dollars yeah. for five years. How much is clear? Well, it depends. So everyone gets a free trial for a month, and I think that's really important. Um, and so we've really what we've focused on is bringing the price down. So through Delta, it's free for Delta Diamonds, seventy nine ninety nine, depending on what you are. Fifty dollars to add uh, the family plan, and kids under eighteen are free. So it depends how many people you have, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, um, I drive but without the three months and without the airline, so flat benefits. out you do nothing. You go online. It's one hundred and seventy nine dollars a right. year. One hundred a year. Okay. And, 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 and the app, but I think what's really important are two things. One is how many times you're flying, right? So cost per use is incredibly important. If Mm -hmm. you fly one time versus you're flying 20 times, uh, our average customer is traveling about 10 times a year on clear, and a decent percentage of them are traveling just about every week. So cost per use is really what we're focused on, as well as bringing it to other verticals. There are actually two subscriptions I wouldn't give up the New York Times and this. That sounds crazy, but you know when I think of subscriptions. So I, I sound like an ad for you, but I really do use it a lot. But Global Entry, I was thinking of doing it because I was, there was no clear, because the issue I have with clear is it's not in every airport. And and sometimes I go to odd airports and it's now in DC. It's in it's in a lot of the airports I fly into, but it's often hard to find. It's, it's no, it's in We're DC. working on signage yeah. and wayfinding. I get that. <laughs> I, I can find them. I see the blue sign. I can we find need, them. But, it, but it's it. the number of airports. I'm sometimes, I don't remember yeah. if it was in so Chicago today, or not. not yet. We, yeah, uh, it wasn't in Chicago. I was irritated. Look, it's by been that. really interesting. It's you know, again, rebuilding a company. It takes a while. And what I didn't know when we started, it's about a five-year sales cycle. So mm-hmm. we've uh, we now cover about eighty percent of the destinations in the U.S. We're at twenty-four. We'll be at thirty-four next year at least. Um, it's been a real moment over the last year. We've tripled utilization in terms of verifications, doubled enrollment. Um, so what about internationally? We've, That's what I'm saying, we, global entry. Correct. Just, we are having those conversations, but global entry is about getting back, get back in the in US. US. And right. in my view, you should get everything that you can get your hands on for fast, frictionless, secure travel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so, they seem to just walk right through those lines. Uh, so I'm a TSA pre-person, but uh, I don't have clear. Although I've been tempted to get into clear because there was one time when I was approaching an airport line and it was really, really, really long. It was probably coming back from some tech conference and someone nearly sold me on it. And then I was like, no, I have TSA pre. So um, for someone who has TSA pre... And you're not getting that curb. What did you call it? The curb, curb to, to gate. curb yeah. to gate service, right? But but you're kind of you're you're getting in an expedited line in some way. What, what would you say is what's like a clear cut example of what clear, no pun intended, yeah. will offer me if I signed up for both? So first of all, 
you should try a free one month trial. You don't get charged till the end. Seeing is believing. It's about consistency and predictability. Mm -hmm. So what clear members know, I live on the Upper East Side, I'm going to LaGuardia. I can leave my home with an hour to go. Waze says that traffic, it takes me 20 minutes to get there. I know I'm getting through clear in less than five minutes. I'm getting my coffee, I'm getting on the plane. It is about consistency and predictability that you are experiencing in every other aspect of your life that you absolutely should be experiencing in airports when you look at how much you pay for a ticket and you look at your experience from the time you walk in to the time you get on the plane. Look, the plane experience has gotten a lot better. The restaurants have gotten significantly better. Waiting in line 20 minutes to drop your bag, and here's the problem. Even if you get there an hour in advance and there's no line, you're still pissed. You wasted your time. So this is about a consistent, predictable experience wherever you are. When yeah, you go to AT&T Park in San Francisco, 50% of fans come to a baseball game within 30 minutes of game time. That's 24,000 people converging on these one, this one spot you know, over 30 minutes. That's more than an airport. At the uh, Yankees game, Yankees fans, go Yankees, it was 45 minutes to get into the game during the playoffs. Zero time through clear. Right, so so you have clear spots through. I saw that it was at San Francisco. I yeah, saw and we have a thousand yeah, basis through. points better retention uh, yeah. when you use it with baseball and the airport. So this is all about. So being- what stadiums are you in? You're in baseball, just baseball stadiums. Yeah, sports ball, Kara. I, I went to the one in San Francisco and I didn't want to go, and I was like, Ugh, a line, and then I said, Clear is here. Did you use it at ATC? Yes, Park? I certainly did. All right, and then I completely Kara didn't watch went for the game. Clear, not even baseball. <laughs> I just I went and had a hot. Uh, did they win the World Series that night? I'm just curious. Did you miss that? No, I don't know. I just that Larry person made me go. Larry Bear. Yeah. It changes your expectations, right? Mm-hmm. You ex- Think about um, you know some app that you're using, Uber, Lyft, whatever. It changes your expectations. Now you're standing out with your hand you know, flagging a yeah, cab for like seven minutes, and you're like, why am I still doing this? Right. This is about a secure, frictionless experience wherever you are. It should, why am I showing my driver's license downstairs? I, you know, I should be in the system, and my face should get me into the building. Mm-hmm. I should use it to pay. I should use it for health care. It, it's just like this is where the world is going. Okay. I hate that people so, are wasting their time. So last question before we get to readers' questions. Um, so are you working with government and capacity because, you know, extreme vetting or vetting programs or anything else? Because one of the things is, look, we don't want our biometrics to be had by the government. And so on many levels, it's a scary idea is that everyone's going to be chipped or they're going to have, I mean, that's one concept that I've heard recently, chipping yourself or having something in your eye or having some identifiers on your body. And of course, that has historical horror shows of that. So right. talk about that right. concept. So first of all, you have your identifiers on your body, your fingerprints, mm-hmm. your iris image, and your right. face. That right. is number one. So the implant, I read this article on implanting for like a vending machine and I thought mm-hmm. that makes absolutely no sense. Mm-hmm. One. Um, two is I'm a big believer in public-private partnerships. So well, yeah, what, but the government doesn't have your fingerprints. Not every, not, absolutely not, not everyone. You have to so, be arrested or work for it. Correct. My, my point is we don't share our data with the government. We are very clear in our privacy policies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, we do work with them from a collaboration perspective and an innovation perspective. And I happen to think that TSA has helped with our public-private partnership and helped partner with leading edge technology companies to bring a better experience to travelers, but we don't sell or share your data. We don't sell it. We don't share it with the government. And I take a lot of pride as a private company in securing our members' data. We are obsessed with our customers' experience. You email me on a Saturday, you have a bad experience, we're on it, mm-hmm. right? We're accountable to our partners. But when you when you say you're working with them on an innovation perspective, like what does it mean that you're sure. working collaborating so, with government? Sure. So there's a governmental uh, document called a CRADA. It's a cooperative research agreement. So we work with them on research ideas and things of that nature, on testing data, things of that nature. So uh, are, does Clear use any type of social media for vetting or anything we like do that? Not. Okay, interesting. So right. you have so not. you're gathering all this biometric data. 
you're, you say you don't sell or share any of that biometric data, any other personally identifiable information, any other, no. So when you're working with the government, it's clearly, uh, it's only It is secured with clear. We don't, we don't share, again, we don't share your biometrics with Delta. Again, through the API, what we're doing is sending over the frequent flyer number, right? When you put your fingerprints down, you, what we're saying is, okay, we have frequent flyer number one, two, three, four, five. Do they have a ticket, right? And then your biometric boarding pass pops up on the screen, not because we sent them your data, but because your fingerprints in this case are your frequent flyer number. It's the same thing when we think about healthcare as an opportunity. If you came to an emergency room and put your fingerprints down, it's this is the insurance information. Which you probably could should be able to do there. Do you have access to certain insurance? So what we say, again, access and entitlements are rooted in identity. And so we're not saying, hey, we have Lauren. We're saying in this case, we have... We have frequent flyer number one, two, three, four, five. We just got permission in the state of Washington to use your biometrics in place of your driver's license to purchase alcohol. Think about it. Why are you showing the concessionaire your driver's license your and your credit card? What we can, all we're telling them, we're not telling them it's you. We're saying over 21 because we've digitally authenticated your driver's license. Your birthday's on your driver's license. Now your age is associated with your fingerprints for this purpose for the fast beer lane that we'll be bringing forward. Fast beer lane. Right? Fast you put your fingerprints lane. down. It's integrated Upcoming with- Upcoming podcast. <laughs> it, makes it makes tremendous sense. sense. Yeah, what, does. You, you know, does that mean a, that data is being sold to advertisers in any way? No. All it's saying is that they're not going to have to pay a quarter million dollar fine for selling alcohol to underage people. They're going to be able to sell more beer because you're going to move faster. Why are you waiting in line to buy a beer? And it's a better customer experience. Than yeah. whipping out authentications all this stuff. are kind of crazy. So that's the so, point. And the last question before we get to some questions from our readers is the the concept of um, safety because there was just another yet another story about TSA letting through whatever the heck they let through and it's never it's always disturbing um, what gets through. Is there a way by saying who a known traveler is to be able to do that? Because I don't I don't think I underwent a whole lot of TSA looking at me. You know what I mean? And so that's the question is how do you make it safer for travel? Yeah. So what we're doing today is automating the identity process for TSA. Mm -hmm. Um, We have the capability, we have built predictive risk analytics models, right? Um, Most terrorists, not to get heavy and dark, are actually not known criminals before they turn bad. And so it's about predictive risk analytics. This is a great example. We worked with the Department of Homeland Security to create a predictive analytics model um, to create known travelers or known fans for sports stadiums. Again, in the world of entitlements, I know that you're you and I can confirm that you're low risk. I'm not saying you're high risk. I'm just saying I can confirm that you're low risk. When you think about risk-based screening and differentiated screening, if I know that you're Karen, I can confirm that you're low risk. How does somebody want to treat you? A sports stadium might want to treat you different than an office building or Amtrak, Mm -hmm. right? So differentiated screening, taking your finite resources on people you know less about. We are not doing that today in airports, but we think it's a big opportunity in the future. I just was talking to someone who's working on AI. It's crap in, crap out. What if you have bad you know, right now it's by sight, of course. You know, people stop people and people are worried about screening and selecting people right. that shouldn't be selected and, and discrimination. How does, where, where's the data where you're a low So it's risk? commercial, it's using commercially available data to study past, known, you know, known people before they turned bad and building all sorts of algorithms around it and then doing a lot of backward testing and then continuing to feed in new people. Um, so looking at the loan shooters, uh, unfortunately, it used to be really hard to find people for test data. Uh, there are over 19 loan shooters this year. Mm. That, uh, so there's a lot of data in machine, on what like. in machine learning uh, to keep feeding it in. It's actually quite Too depressing. Bad. Yeah, that we can feed this data in. But it is true data. The data that you feed in is what it, it could be 
problematic data, like the data sets are so important. And that's that's where I think a lot of people are worried is that it gets, it starts to pick certain people out. It starts to discriminate. It starts, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's just yeah, as discriminatory. Like Kara is not a terrorist by traditional standards. No. Uh, but she, she's okay. a journalist. <laughs> no, she's a journalist and journalists have yeah. had some problems at airports. Yeah. And, and so, so, you know, if yeah. it's oh, yeah. not if, these, if, not every airport. Uh, you know, so if someone had, uh, let's say, China. You know, if it was, on a profile somewhere that Kara was a journalist and she was passing Oh, yeah, through. I had problems when I was be? going to China. It was crazy. Or myself, but I'm really thinking Kara's more funny. of a target. <laughs> yeah. No, and going to China, it was slower. It was much slower for me than others. It was really interesting. That's extremely interesting. Well, they right. knew who that's, I was. That's not the kind of data that Yes, right, but that's what at. I'm saying. It's, yeah. It gets interesting. Like Look, it, I think that this is the world that we live in from a technology mm-hmm. perspective and integrity and brand. Our brand is built on trust, right? right? Again, we're owners. You put your name and your reputation out there. Um, we represent 1.5 million members and growing and a thousand employees. And our job every day is to do the right thing to strengthen security and delight customers. And, and I'm sorry, very last one. How's business? It's been a really amazing year. It's been, I call it six and a half years and one year. So we've mm-hmm. been at this 90 months, which feels like dog years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been transformative. The network effect is powerful. And what we're seeing is utilization up, retention up. If you use it nine or more times, we have over 90% retention. NPS How many increasing users? Uh, over 1.5 million today. Customers, and subscribers. Customers. And, and you could sell them other things. Um, so we want to, what we want to do is not sell them, but we want to add it. Like going to the baseball stadium is free. I'm a huge Amazon fan, Amazon Prime. We keep adding nodes and adding value. Oh, and it becomes that virtuous cycle. How about traffic? Why don't you fix that? Um, traffic lanes. Yeah, so I don't have a way to do that, but I do have some ideas of uh, amalgamating traffic data with Clear plus where your term, what where your gate is to know how long it should take you for, to get from your house to your exact right. gate. Because, you know, depending on where your gate is, yep. you could be there in two minutes or 25 yep. minutes. Again, going back to that first line of that article, working mother of three, all I want is my life to work perfectly every minute of <laughs> what the day. What is the age that kids can go in? That's right. Um, kids under 18 are 18. free because, right, they wouldn't have identity, so they don't even need to enroll. You just bring them with yeah, you. Yeah, my kid is real tall, so they keep not believing him recently. Oh. He looks like an adult. Anyway, in a minute, we're going to take some questions about traveling from our readers and listeners, and Karen is going to answer them. But first, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Ka-ching. Thank you. Today's show is brought to you by 8 Sleep. Have you noticed how many mattress companies there are recently? So many. One company is different from the rest and it's called Eight. Eight is smart. It's the iPhone compared to the flip phone. Unlike its foam counterparts, the Eight Smart Mattress is an innovative bed that uses real technology to help people sleep better and live healthier. By sleeping on Eight, you can discover how many hours of sleep you need each night to feel energized. You can also optimize your day and night by connecting it to other Wi-Fi enabled products in your home. Do you need coffee in the morning to function? Well, now you can program your smart mattress to start brewing your coffee the minute you get out of bed, I swear to God. The 8 Smart Mattress has everything to meet your individual needs. Visit 8sleep.com slash T-E-T-A and use the promo code T-E-T-A to get $125 off all mattresses plus free shipping and free returns. That's 8-E-I-G-H-T sleep.com slash T-E-T-A to redeem this special offer. And we're back with Karen Seidman Becker, the CEO of Clear. I actually been using Clear since 2005. I think I was one of its first customers, and I and I still have it, and I really like it a lot. Um, and we're talking about travel trips for the holidays, since you're about to embark on them now. Uh, and we're going to answer some questions from our readers and listeners. Lauren, would you read the first question? I'd just like to say that I learned so much about your early adopter habits in this podcast. That one I did. That one a couple I weeks like ago, you're like. 
I was using AOL before everyone else was. I was. That one I was. And now we're talking about clear. Clear. Yes. Okay. The first question is from a woman I work with, Liz Lopato. She's at Miss Lopato on Twitter. She's the Virgis uh, Health and Science Editor. Does clear share its biometric data with law enforcement? Yeah, there's trouble. So we will not share your information unless subpoenaed to do so. Subpoenaed to do so. And then how do you assess that? Uh, that would be a question for the lawyers on the right. assessment of a subpoena. Because right. some companies resist. Twitter is more resistant than a, other companies, for example. Has, has not Apple. happened yet. Has not happened yet. Has not happened ha- to you us haven't yet. Gotten yet. We but you would one. share it if you had a subpoena if there was a problem. All right. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Anything else you'd like to add? No, you probably don't. <laughs> no. All right. Next question. Louisa at... Uh, at Wulu, okay. Um, maybe only partly related, but there's the way authorities can look up someone's travel history to verify if the information they declared is correct, i.e. when someone uses a different passport to go in the Middle East than to uh, immigrate to the United States. People use different passports. They now have several. So since we're domestic yeah. only, I'm not sure that we would be involved or engaged in that. Then let me add to that then. Um, yeah. w- would, would you would you have someone's travel history unclear? Do you save that? Like when I go, when I go to we D.C. Do, a lot, I, that you have, know I go to D.C. a lot. We do have travel history. What do you history. do with that? Right now, absolutely nothing. But you know where people go. We do know where people go. We do read the boarding pass and we do save all that, again, completely encrypted. And in what's the systems. reason for that? Why save it? Um, I think we always want to help optimize our customers' experience over the long term. And if there's ways that we can do that by understanding travel history, then that's... And where most of your customers are going to and from. I think what we're really looking for is upon launch, for instance, I'll give you an example. Knowing when we launched LA, understanding early volumes would be important and knowing how many people every day were going from San Francisco to LA in order how many pods, what should be the staffing, how are the hours, what's mm-hmm. the, right? Then we can better serve our customers. Right. So that's a reason that we would be saving travel data and analyzing it to optimize the experience. And know when the flights are, presumably. Well, we know, I mean, that's yeah. all public No, but when people are, who are your customers Correct. are using their flights. Correct, I mean, we map, we know, I mean, we're all data all the time, how many verifications per minute, Then, because then you know when you need to add pods or staffing, when you go over four a minute, then we have capacity issues, right? We're always about the customer experience. Right. Explain so, a pod to people, by the way. Oh, right. they used to be called kiosk, but um, as a girl who grew up in the 80s, uh, I love myself a retro phone booth. And so we built these pods, um, which really hold all of our equipment and they look like retro and they have, phone and you boots. look into them, and they, you put your yes. boarding pass in there. Essentially, they're right. It's commodity-based equipment, if you will. So a Windows Surface tablet, a fingerprint reader, iris reader, camera, the whole thing. But you need some place to hold it all together, right? Which hmm. you have, and then you have your little stamp. You still have a stamp. We require a stamp with T. Those are TSA requirements. Yeah, I was noticing. I was like, "What's with the stamp?" I kept asking, and your staff was like, "Oh, we have to stamp it." Well, I'm like, "Why do you have to stamp it?" So I think I'm it's an a really, irritating. Traveler. I think it's a really interesting point, though, which is technology not only in travel is leading regulation, right? And so mm-hmm. the question is, what do you do? Like from a mobile boarding pass, well, you can't stamp that. And when you think about a biometric boarding pass, well, you can't stamp like what do you can stamp your forehead? Yes. So I think that technology yes. is creating more and more. You know. Um, operational opportunities to kind of figure out how to make it more seamless. Yeah, I still don't understand why they put the little pencil on it when you do it and they do your pen they thing. they want to know who to hold accountable. Yeah, I know, but they're yeah. sitting there. They are you, know are you using there. a Windows Surface tablet because you're using Windows Hello for facial recognition? We are not using Windows Hello, but we do use Surface tablets. What's why your Surface tablets? Um, so I'd rather not say. Um, that would be a question for our tech team. They love them. Yeah. They love Windows Surface tablets. And they like to wow. dance. They like, like to them do the, the surface NFL. dance. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of 
lot of people like that I'm surface. Making a face. There are a lot of people like that surface. I'm telling you. Versus, oh, no, I'm not saying it's not a bad. I have a surf, I have a surface laptop on my desk right now that I, I like. It's a beautiful build. In fact, I think The Verge voted it one of the best laptops of this year. Yeah. Um, however, the early Surface tablets. Eh. I know. My brother loves his. He keeps writing me. Are you still using that communist Apple stuff like that? <laughs> my brother's a Trump kid. Let's not go. Well, I'm, do, I'm asking also because Apple often beats yeah. the privacy drum, you know, and says yep. that their yep. software is more secure and. All that. In any case. Okay. All right, and we could have a whole podcast next about one. that. Send our seat to you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, next You're not question going to tell us the facial recognition technology you're using? No. Okay. God, then. Okay. And emoji. <laughs> next question is from Chase Gallagher. Why do I need clear when I have pre-check? Oh, Chase, I, we got this question for you, buddy. I asked it. Is it just to get through the queue to the metal detector more quickly? We'll let you repeat why. It yeah. is, there's more. There's more, right? So pre-check's the ability to you know, keep your coat and shoes on, and about 70-plus percent of our members are pre-check eligible on any given flight. Clear is really about the platform of going frictionless curb to gate and also a consistent, predictable experience and automating the identity process. So we think the two work beautifully together. Actually, and also you go to the front of the TSA line. That's true. That's my big, because the TSA line is long now. More, it, it's Everyone, getting longer. You well, know, I had this incident when I was traveling for Thanksgiving. I was traveling from SFO to somewhere on the East Coast, and I arrived what I thought was early, and that I got there, and of course it was a mess because you can never leave early enough on the holidays. And there were they were just shepherding everybody through what was apparently the TSA pre line, and I was like, "What is going on here?" They just I like got TSA. Everyone was TSA pre. Yeah. No, I know. So I just think there's a, and my husband tells me not to use this analogy because he says mm -hmm. it makes me sound old. Okay. ATM machines and bank tellers. ATM machines scale. It's objective, right? It's consistent. You know what to expect when you go to an ATM machine. Bank tellers, you know, it's labor, it's subjective. It's just, you need technology to automate these processes. And identity is one of yeah. the great things to automate. I will reiterate, Sad you go to the front humans. of the line, of the TSA line. People. Conference. So Chase, the short Chase answer is fun. you can sleep in longer because you can actually predict Front the time of you would the be line. getting there, getting through, according to Karen. Yes. Uh, Mark Little seems like this pre-screening would dramatically speed up the lines at airports. Why? Yes. Why is enrollment in the government's pre-check program so incredibly clunky and confusing? Yeah. Why wouldn't they want to make it as simple as it is possible? Clunky. Some of it is. Have I had to go like I, I did I it at to Logan weirdest, and I had to go down to like I had to some go to the lower weirdest level office and find a guy sitting in a back office and I had to go near the Whole Foods. I don't know why <laughs> this weird office. Oh, I was God. like, who are these people? You I don't. You poor thing. No, but I'm saying it was just a weird place. It was like Whole Foods. Was there no? But there's kale? a Whole Foods on every corner oh, here in San Francisco. Were but there juices? No, can I just? It wasn't in the Whole Foods. I would have enjoyed that. No, it was in this weird building, and I didn't know who these people were, and I didn't think they were from the government because it seemed kind of sketchy, but it was weird. And I, and it was a, it, the process for TSA was the weirdest process. Was it Jeff Bezos hold, holding up a cold, <laughs> no, an organic no. kohlrabi? So, <laughs> explain that. Sorry, we're, we're going on. Why is it so incredibly clunky and confusing? Because it is. TSA, yours is not. So I, I can't comment on that. What I can say is our obsession with the customer experience dictates everything that we do. And I think, again, I keep beating a drum of innovation is the bridge and biometric innovation is the bridge between security and the customer experience. And we focus on continuing to improve that experience, drive down the time it takes to enroll, drive up the speed of verification. I hope what you've recognized in the past few years mm -hmm. is that it is faster than ever to verify. Iris takes a little longer than fingerprints, so I'm sorry that you have bad mm -hmm. fingerprints, so we're going to mm -hmm. work on that. It's just as fast. But, but it is about speed of verification, speed of enrollment, ease of use. Now we're focused on how do we take this securely to the mobile environment. Like That's what we do every day. That's our right. driving force. We don't want to piss you off. We want no, you to be Iris happy. No, Iris is not slow. 
No, I, I try not to get in arguments in airport lines, but I end up doing it, because, and then I, I worry about getting arrested. Anyway, um, uh, next question. Go ahead, Lauren. This is from Dion F. Lyle. He sent in two questions, but I thought the second one was better. I had the original clear ID and recently went to put in my fingerprints. They already had them. Why? 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 Dun, dun, dun. So that is correct. When we bought the company, um, we transferred, securely transferred from Lockheed Martin, the 190,000 members um, from Lockheed to Clear. And so that actually about 75% of the former members came back and they were really excited that they didn't have to re-enroll. And we, it was an opt-in process and that was really important um, in the whole acquisition process. So people had to affirmatively opt in. Yep, I did that. You're right. See, this is Sorry. one of those things that you do have to keep in mind if you're giving up any type of personal data, health yep. and fitness data, if you're giving up biometric data. If a company does go under or it gets acquired or it gets merged or something else, you are in effect yes. under new yep. owners. I wrote, a, I wrote a mean letter to Steve Brill, but it's like a lot of things like that. Like there's a lot of stuff that has your personal data when companies go out of business. It's a, it's a problem. It's a problem. It's a problem. Uh, it's washing all out there. And the Russians have all of it, by the way. Um, Russell Brandon, who's been following these topics for The Verge 2, asks, my sense is that DHS is moving towards clear-esque systems, pre-clearance plus biometric verification in a bunch of different places at the airport. Clear focuses on the TSA line, but I'm sure they see it expanding to airport retail, whether it's lounges or duty-free stores or whatever. It seems like implementation would be easier if people want it, which you were starting yes. to do. Yes. Yeah. Look, what? I think seven and a half years ago when we restarted Clear, people would crinkle their nose and say, like, why are you doing biometrics? And yeah. I was like, because it's the future. Yeah. And I think that the biometrics have gone mainstream. Yeah. All right. Okay, then. And let me just add to that. Russell wrote a really good article on The Verge about um, the future of airports and how, as there are more vetting processes, could things potentially get a little more confusing? Uh, so you should go check that out if you're interested in that. Next question is from Eddie Ayala. Uh, what does the future, speaking of the future, of biometrics look like? I imagine there are other industries besides travel that could employ this kind of ID verification. Yeah. So that is right, and we're talking to them. When you think about healthcare, when you think about healthcare. vehicles, when you think about you are your driver's license, you are your registration, you are your insurance, you are your payment, right? In the connected, shared, or autonomous vehicle, identity is the key. Healthcare. No pun intended. Healthcare, huge. Customer experience, high regulatory environment, looks a lot like aviation, privacy, security. They care more and more about customer experience. Retail, everyone's talking about the frictionless retail experience. Mm -hmm. That's going to be based on... Facial, I think that there should be some multi-factor authentication on the payment side. Again, going back to what we got permission for in the state of Washington, how do you buy alcohol or cigarettes or whatever people are, are purchasing where there's age? How do you gamble right, online, e-sports? You've got to know definitively. How old someone is. Yeah. Or whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. Also, uh, you remember the minor movie Minority Report where they had I the do. eyes. What were those people called? Prequels? Pre-, pre, pre, pre Whatever. It, prequels. Something like that. What they, um, precogs. Yes. Precogs. Um, prequel something different. Pre uh, that was when he went into the store with the fake, with the eyes that he had replaced and he says, hello, Mr. Hashimoto, would you like another fleece from the Gap? Because it saw, it took a pic, it was, right. it was constantly taking pictures of eyes. That's what they were doing to locate people. I haven't seen the movie. In a yeah, while. yeah, you should do because they do it. They go, like they're, but, sh they're shooting yeah, the pictures. Retail, of. look, casinos. Again, when you think about where strengthening security and customer experience are converging, hospitality, hotels and casinos. Oh, checking into hotels. Yeah. I mean, yeah. these things were built to be open, but you live in a world where you got to be really thoughtful about Getting that. into elevators and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You can't yeah. put metal detectors everywhere. That is not the solution. It, you know, multi-factor, not multi-factor authentication, but um, risk-based security is built on a multi-layered approach. Yeah. And, you know, knowing identity and entitlements around that identity are new and important layer to that approach. I think it's really 
You need to watch Minority is. Report again because there's a lot of lines. I just, just try to avoid the Tom Cruise bad acting, which is real hard. <laughs> but there's a ton of little stuff if you look throughout, right. done by the Imagineers at Disney. I think we were thinking up these things, which are that now was probably yeah. fifteen yeah. years ago. Yes, plus, maybe it's 20. amazing when you look at it, especially right. the IRAs recognition. Because I remember right. at the end that thing was looking at them. Look, biometrics have been used in the defense industry domestically for you know decades, and we see the movies. It's and always, you know as, trying to trick you know it. Estonia, the entire country is based. You know, biometrics is a national ID. One point two billion people in India and Adhar. Um, you know, uh, entitlement programs in South Africa, oh, a company called programs. UEPS, yep. Biometrics. Uh, there's Brazil, it's voting. I believe that it's coming to so many different industries, and I believe that people are focused on doing it securely. And uh, if we trust but do you, our government. But do you envision, I was just going to say, do I don't you, trust like, our government. You, you are a private company that is owning all of this data right now. But if you, what you're describing sounds to me a lot like this idea of the future of a federated identity where you're no longer carrying your wallet and your license and your social security card and passport and everything else. And it's all just this one, you know, identify this one sort of, uh, I don't know, aggregated identifier, right? But, but. The social security card, if we're going to use that, or the passport as it exists now, they're government issued and and you're private. So who actually will own this idea of the federated identity in the future? I think that there's going to be converging data streams. I think different people own different things, but you could feed in, right? Like a social security card is a piece of paper with, I think it's red ink, with your number on it. Like, how is that secure? And now it's, it's all been hacked a hundred times over and it's all out there. Like, so I don't, I think again, in the world of public private partnership, I think different people will own different things and they'll all like, you could feed your data stream into this and somebody else could feed their, I don't think it's going to be one person who owns the, the whole I, thing. You're right in India, it's government owned. I'm I think I trust Apple more than the federal government. Honestly. Right. So I think <laughs> Apple has stuff, different people will have different things for different use cases. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. interesting. Um, in that way, last in the biometrics, then we'll ask our last question. Uh, what about voice? Because voice is getting such a big play. Yeah, so it's something that we're looking at. Amazon again in the world of multi-factor authentication, it could be good enough to you know use your echo to. Now with Apple, they're using face, and then they gave up finger, but they're super frustrated with that face. Really, it works great. I love it. I like putting my thumb down. Do you? Like you're looking I over it. I'm I do like I'm it. Not, I've only had it for you a few like days. You probably like the telephone that you have. No, like that you I've have had mine since around <laughs> Thanksgiving. And I'm, you probably I'm still wanted the 11.7 seconds that you spent yes, on the rotary, I want the rotary phone. phone. That feels like a lifetime I have now. I at home. I like it. It's very enjoyable. Um, anyway, uh, but it takes a long time. You're like, what the hell did I do this But for? look, we're living in the world. We're talking about it, right? Face, yeah. fingerprint, iris, voice. You're using mm-hmm. all of them. Biometrics have gone mainstream. Oh, yeah. No, those moments now when I use Apple Pay to pay for something on the web and I do the thing where a website will just say to me, use Apple Pay. And I go, yes. And then it says, authenticate on your phone. I pick up the phone and I go like this and then I've made another yeah. holiday purchase that I need to order. Like yeah. it's so, it it's is so easy. easy. Simple, smart, secure. Also within, within stores, although I don't understand why you need to put a phone there. I'm like, why doesn't it just know me? So my view is that, again, when you walk into a store, they should have a camera and it's facial recognition. Right. Why do you need your phone? Why do you need an intermediary? I, I had a discussion with the person at the Walgreens and he was ignoring me completely. I was like, you know, you don't need your phone someday. Someday it's just going to be me and you're just going to give me the things. And then, and he was like, mm-hmm. Like he was not, and like and and the drag queen behind me was pissed. Shut up, move on. Maybe now that CBS, she was pissed. She was pissed. (laughs) This is the Castro. So I just think there's different use cases. It goes back to the modularity of the platform. Sometimes you just got to be 21. Sometimes you got to be your frequent flyer number. Sometimes it's voice. Sometimes it's face. Sometimes fingerprint. It's always about security. It's always about protecting the privacy. Your DNA. And your DNA, isn't it? By the way, that's a. I was just learning about that. So DNA biometrics is a really big deal. It is. Mm -hmm. It's going to be. Wow. Sorry, people. There is no privacy. Last question. 
question. But I think it still can be private and protected mm-hmm. because it's about entitlements. What do you need to know? You don't need to know anything except 21, green, 21. That's all you need to know in this use case. You need something else at Walgreens. So I yeah, just... Because that's a data has never been compromised. That, I was just going to say that's the ideal until something's hacked. Yeah, exactly. All right, last question. Uh, well, it wasn't exactly a question, but What's Jason question? Go Gay, ahead. who's a columnist for the WSJ, wrote to me uh, via Twitter, and uh, he said I could give him a shout out here. He said he's a big fan of clear... Don't tell anyone about it. I want it to be just me in line. Well, Jason, sorry, the story's blown. Uh, he said, I did it one day because I was at the airport and they had a discount for Amex and thought, well, maybe this will be good one time. And now I'm bummed when airlines don't have it. Uh, and or then he course. said, this is the most profound statement of the podcast. I will let a security company remove my eyeball and cut it in half if I don't have to wait in line. <laughs> Jason, I feel like there's a column brewing here for you. For Any comments? That's your point. Will you cut people's eyeballs in that half? That seems not. Not customer centric. Okay. Yeah. Um, but we love his passion. His yeah. passion fuels us. So. Yeah. You can do it with just half an iris. Mm. No, you can't. You can't do it with half. Right. But you you can wear contacts. What you can't have cataract surgery. You can do a lot of things. Yeah. So what would be the craziest way to to authenticate someone biometric? It's probably blood uh, DNA. The DNA. The DNA. Um, Two pieces. One, I'm not there yet. Behavioral biometrics, people are talking a lot about. Again, I think that's another modality for the multi-factor authentication. Right. I don't think that's it. But again, that added to face could get you to the nine-nine. Using your social tweets and stuff like that. Um, What do I think is the craziest? Gate? What's that? Walking. Oh, the way you walk. The way you walk. Oh, like if you pronate, they're like, I know it's you, The way Lauren. you walk, I think, is um, something people are talking a lot about. Wow. Mm-hmm. We're watching. You had two knee surgeries, Lauren. <laughs> I can tell from your gait. Oh, your God. Gait. It That's, doesn't seem as unique as fingerprints. But it is. A lot of things are. Yeah. But like by the billions, like yeah. a billion people all walk differently. That's so interesting. They'll be able to tell that Kara walks heads down in her phone all the time. Every By so the way, I sprained my ankle. I am a cautionary tale. Do not do that. Oh, no, no, I don't do While that. While you were on your phone? Uh, my phone down the stairs. I actually do not walk two weeks ago. Don't I'm do one it. of those Spring people. Don't really do it. Tough. I'm one of those people who do not. In fact, as you, I don't know if you know this, I go up behind people in San Francisco when they're doing it and I go, hey, and I, they go like this and drop their phone. It's terrible. People need it's to look favorite. around. Like, like it's I said, a beautiful not a traditional world. They need to look around. I yell at them. Right. Like, stop it. A and friend of mine just said, right. banish the pixels. And I yeah. was like, yeah. So far, nobody's attacked me for doing it because it's super rude. They're embarrassed. Yeah. They're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, you should be. Like So I'll do it to you next time and then you'll Well, I'm not doing it anymore. All right, good, good. All right, Karen, this has been delightful. If you need to go down to Silicon Valley where you're going to see a a 16-year-old driving their parents' Maserati up Sand Hill Road while they're Snapchatting at the same time and I need you to scare them. No, that's not happening. I really hate that. That would be really bad for society. I think cars should not start if you're doing it. No, should know that. Biometrics. You know, a lot of cars are being fitted with, uh, you know, facial recognition and iris cameras in the rearview mirror. Oh, so you're watching. So you have to be looking. Oh, that's the smart But if you're idea. looking in the rearview mirror, then you're not looking. Well, you've you got to register yourself in there, right. and on all sorts of interesting yeah, things can happen. I like that. I think cars are getting a lot my smarter. My son can drive. You have a year to do it. <laughs> They'll be self-driving cars. Actually, you know, he's really good about that. We yell at people who do that, which is good. Anyway, uh, this has been a delightful episode and a fascinating episode of Too Embarrassed to Ask. Karen, thank you for thank joining you. us. And I am a very satisfied customer. <laughs> I like to do it. You don't even have to buy ads on this. I'm telling you. Get clear. <laughs> it's worth uh, every penny. Thank you, Karen, very much for taking the time to answer our many, many questions. And one of these days I am going to try Clear. And, Sooner uh, than you think. Do it. I'll let you know. I'm going to do a, a review of Clear, TSA Pre, and Global Entry. Yeah. We love them all. Side by side. Yeah. Take them all. Um, 
And if you enjoyed, I'm not going to travel with you because if I travel with you, I'm going to get stuck. You know what I'll do if you travel with me and you don't have clear? I'll leave you in the long line. I'll just say, bye, I'm going through and having a drink. That's what but I do. But your experience ever. starts at your house. It's not just when you get to the airport, yeah. whether there's a line or no line. It's I still going to leave her behind. I'm experience. still leaving her behind. I, go I have right traveled with you clear. before. Remember, there was, I go right there was turbulence clear. on the plane and I looked at you and you were like, what? And I was like, the plane is bumpy. And you were like, what? oh God, I can't. No, my whole <laughs> point was, the point is, what can you do about it? Nothing. If you're going down, you're going down. There's just nothing you can do about it. Anyway. The control freak in me does you know not what like mean? that like, answer. What are you no, 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 I would rather be flying the plane. You're flying the plane? I'd like to. No, you're not. Sorry. It's not happening. You're, you're just stuck. Yes. You're, I, I look at air, I look at aircraft models before I get on one. I, I try to evaluate. Oh, yeah, do you yeah. ever look at the plate to see the age of the plane? The when age. You walk I was just going to say, look yes. at the age. To when it's older than me, I'm freaking out. No, I was just going to say, if it's from like 2000, I'm, I'm like, this freak. thing is 17 if years you old. You do that in a car what? where most accidents are. You can figure out. You can try. You can no, basically you get in any old car, don't you? But I look at the pilot. You jump in any Uber. Are you happy? Are you sad? But you jump in any Uber with any crazy person at the wheel. That's why we think biometrics for driver safety and Uber is really important. And lift. Good idea. Yeah. yeah. You should have, they should have done that with the CEO a long time ago. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. Uh, when you subscribe, you'll be the first <laughs> listen to new episodes every Friday or catch up on previous episodes where we answer all the tech questions that our listeners have been too embarrassed to ask. If you're not on Apple Podcasts, which is where you can find the show, you can also subscribe on Spotify, Google Play Music, really wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also just go to the website, go to recode.net slash podcasts and find them all there. And while you're there, after we biometrically check you out, you should check out our other podcasts like Recode Decode, Recode Replay and Recode Media with Peter Kafka if you are worthy. The Verge also has some fantastic podcasts. We have our flagship podcast, The Verge Cast, hosted by Neelai Patel, which you can only listen to if you uh, give your 3D face image over. Just kidding. You can listen for free. We also have a new podcast called Why'd You Push That Button? Uh, that's you, hosted. Actually, just do it. Why'd You Push That Button? Uh, which <laughs> is hosted by Caitlin Tiffany and Ashley Carmen about all of the weird things we do on the internet and why we do them. Okay. Don't forget to tweet your questions ahead of time to at Rico with the hashtag Too Embarrassed. These were great questions this week. Or email them to Too Embarrassed at Recode. Except for Jason Gay. Keep your eye, Jason. Or email them to Too Embarrassed at Recode.net. Thanks for listening. And thank you to our sponsors. And also thank you to Katie. 13 and Vox Media, which sells those ads so that you can listen to this show for free. Thank you to our editor, Joel Robbie. Thank you to our regular producer, Eric Johnson. And thank you to Cynthia Gill for standing in as producer this week. We'll be back next week to answer more of the questions you've been too embarrassed to ask. So tune in then. We'll get you some answers. 